This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Our program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. And now, here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, great to be with you. And Bridget, uh, a couple weeks ago, we started with a little prayer for peace at the beginning of our program, and I think that's still appropriate to uh, share that with our audience one more time. A prayer for peace in our time. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, author and giver of peace, in whose image and likeness each of us has been created, with a human dignity worthy of respect on earth and destined for eternal glory. Listen to the cry that rises from every corner of this fragile earth, from our human family torn by violent conflict. Give peace in our time, O good and gracious God, that peace which, as your Son Jesus Christ told us, and as we have experienced in these days, is a peace which the world cannot give. To world leaders grant the wisdom to see beyond the boundaries of race, religion, and nation, to that common humanity that makes us all your children and brothers and sisters to one another, to those who have taken up arms in anger or revenge, or even in the cause of justice, grant the grace of conversion to the path of peaceful dialogue and constructive collaboration. To the innocent who live in the shadow of war and terror, especially the frightened children, be a shelter and strength, their haven and hope. And to those who have already lost their lives as victims of human cruelty and chemical warfare, open wide your arms and enfold them all in the embrace of your compassion, healing, and everlasting life. Grant this through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Mary, Mother of all, and Queen of Peace, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a beautiful prayer to start off our show, and our and it's so fitting for our topic today because we are going to be talking about grief and recovery. And, you know, grief and loss are complicated and extremely difficult. Joining us today is our guest who helps people through grief, through her art. Our guest is Anne Jones, and she's going to talk about her organization, Face to Face Fine Art, and how she helps people navigate grief and death of a loved one through her paintings. Welcome to Faith in Action, Anne. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, I'm curious. I, I'm curious about your background. Are you have you been painting your whole life? Are you did you grow up in Indianapolis? Give us a little bit about your background. Okay. I grew up in South Bend, Indiana, and I have been a professional portrait artist for well, you know, it dates me when I say how many years. Forty nine <laughs> years. Since I was twelve. Since I was 12, I've been doing portraits. I took a class at IU, and I was hooked. I really loved doing portraits. And then um, I got married to my high school sweetheart, and we had gone to art school at Heron School of Art in Indianapolis. And then we got married and had five kids. And after number four was born, my mother-in-law gave me um, classes at the local art center with a very 
good portrait artist, and that got me going again on it. Um, so I started doing portraits, and I was doing shows. In 2000, we moved to Crown Point, Indiana, and I did 46 weekends a year. I did art shows and craft shows and malls and festivals. Wow. And I drew portraits. I took orders, and then I drew them in the wee hours, usually, <laughs> because I had a family. <laughs> um, and then I shipped them to them. So um, I did a lot of portraits, and, and it's like anything else, like playing a musical instrument. The more you do, the better you get. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of honed my skills. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, seemed, it would seem to me that um, doing portraits would be kind of one of the tougher things in art because if you draw a picture of a tree or a landscape or a bowl of fruit and it doesn't look exactly like the bowl of fruit, well, it's not supposed to. It's a it's a painting. But when you're drawing a portrait, it probably should look like the person, right? It's really, yeah, it's a really a challenge to get a good likeness of a person. So um, I worked from photos. I, even when I did shows, I would take a snapshot if they didn't have a photo with them or they could email me a photo and I would do it that way. But um, I would draw from, from photographs. So in 2011, I was really getting burnt out on the, the whole... Craft show circuit? Craft show circuit. So I started talking to a friend about what I could do and still do portraits. And I told her I really... I'm a, I'm a genealogy nut, so I really enjoy doing portraits for people of passed away relatives. Mm-hmm. They seem to value them a lot. And I kind of came up with the idea to do a nonprofit, and we would um, raise money through grants and donations and do portraits for people who had lost someone. Little did I know that God was going to give me a crash course in loss Mm. and bereavement. Um, In November of 2011, my sister, my closest sister of four, was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, and she only lived five months, so she died March 17, 2012. And then seven weeks later, my mother, who was a pancreatic cancer survivor for 22 years, and that doesn't happen. She was a miracle every day. Mm-hmm. She, she was done when my sister died. She just was tired. So she, she passed away seven weeks later. We had her funeral on the Saturday before Mother's Day and said, okay, next week is going to be a good week. We're going to have a celebration instead of a funeral. My oldest son was getting married. So we were excited about that. And that morning, my husband did not wake up the morning of his wedding. So we had a wedding. It was definitely a very surreal day, Um, very difficult, um, but we got through it. Everyone was in town. Everybody was at hotels. They had paid for the whole wedding. And my husband was at the rehearsal dinner the night before, he was really looking forward to, you know, seeing Katie become a part of our family. So um, we said, we're going forward with it. Um, and and people were there, you know, they came from the hotels and were with us. And, you know, we had a priest, a neighboring priest who was working in his garden, come give last rites. And um, then we got ready and went and did a wedding. But, wow. Um, I can honestly say I've never heard a story like that. That that is incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I had stopped doing shows in January because my sister and mom were both struggling. And I had done research on how to do this nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So um, 
when my husband died, his income died, and um, I couldn't, I was in shock, you know, and I did, I did go, I have a book that I've written about it, um, I went and had EMDR therapy, which is for trauma mm-hmm. and people with PTSD, and it really helped me, but I still, the form for a nonprofit was like 30 pages long, I, was, I wasn't sure how that was going to get mm-hmm. done. So my sister helped me. We got together a board of directors. Two of them were my husband's two best friends, and we started up a nonprofit And that October of 2012. And then we got a website together, and we started actually doing portraits in the spring of 2013. So um, we decided in our bylaws that the portraits would be for people who have lost someone suddenly, unexpectedly, or tragically. And that includes, tragically includes, like, the loss of a child or a child, a young child who loses their parent. So we do those two. Um, and that's how we got started, and we've probably done 250 portraits. Wow. Since that's... 2013. Now, do you do all of the portraits yourself, or do you have other artists that uh, participate with you in that? Yes, I do them all myself. Wow. That's um, amazing. The hope is that someday we'll be big enough to have others, but I pray over them, um, and I've gotten a lot of good feedback that they feel like there's an anointing on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started, actually, I did one of my dad when he died in 2001, and I did it for his memorial service because mm-hmm. he died in Florida, and we had a service in South Bend, and... Um, it had about 10 heads of him doing different things. And mm-hmm. my mom couldn't take it at first. It was big. And she, so we had a small print made for her. And then a couple years later, she was at my house and she said, that's a really nice portrait of your dad. I said, you know, that's yours, mom. And she took it home and she would kiss her hand and put it on the glass and say, good night, Ray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, talk so, to him. So it, we're talking with, Ann Jones, and she is founder and artist of Face to Face Fine Art. And it's just beautiful that you're putting this gift of your art into um, really helping people honor and cherish their loved person, their loved one. Um, what, ki- what kind of feedback are you getting? You, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, they felt... Well, it's all been positive. I mean... We make sure that each person is wanting this, because I get contacted by, say, a sister mm-hmm. who, you know, this woman has lost her husband, and her sister says, I want to get one for my sister, and we say, you really need to get her consent first, mm-hmm. because we've had people that really didn't, weren't ready for one, didn't want one yet. So, um, other than that, we've had all positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they want one, they really like them. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I did my my husband, my sister, and then I didn't tell you that in six years after I lost those three people, I lost a daughter, mm-hmm. and that's how I ended up in Indianapolis as I'm raising my 14 year old granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in Zionsville, and uh, that's why I moved there. Mm-hmm. So now, how do you? Uh decide who to paint or make portraits of? Do people come to you or do you seek them out or uh, how does that work? Well, they hear programs like this or read (laughs) articles in in the Catholic papers um, and 
the word gets around. I have a Facebook page, and I have a, fa- a website, and an Instagram page, and, you know, I share each one online that I do and tell a little bit of the story behind this, how this person died. And then I get all kinds of feedback on those, you know, on online. But, um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of interesting cases. You know, I had a double homicide, two young women in their 20s. And wow. I met their mother at a grief group, mm-hmm. and we've become fast friends and have taken vacations together. And mm-hmm. she is, you know, she's one of those people that just radiates joy, and she says, I used to say, why me, God? Because shortly after her daughters died, her husband died. And that was her whole family. But she says, now I say, why not me? This is life. We just have to find out what our purpose is after we've lost someone. Okay, and how quick a turnaround do people typically look at? I mean, can somebody say, gee, uh, Uncle Frank died and his funeral's next Tuesday. Can you have a portrait for the casket? What kind of a time frame? We can do that. Um, we when we do those, we have to mat them and frame them, and I'm pretty fast, and I can do them, you know, on the spot sort of thing. But, um, like, we had our deacon, Deacon Perry, um, lost his wife November 1st, unexpectedly, and I did one for the, her funeral, and we had it at the funeral home, you know, so she was visible. And, you know, they always have a lot mm-hmm. of pictures, but... Mm-hmm. We had the portrait there, so I can do them for the funeral, but usually I don't get contacted for that. Um, I, I end up contacting a friend and saying, hey, if you'd like this for the funeral, I can do it. Mm-hmm. These days, we used to frame everything and put them under glass because it's all done in chalk pastel. Mm. It's very delicate, and it's a little difficult to see under the glass. Mm-hmm. So now I, I take a good quality photograph and we have them put on a canvas. So they're, they can be bigger or they can be smaller. They, they're more visible and they're more durable. Mm-hmm. So that we're, takes a couple weeks. So We're going to take a, br- a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Ann Jones about uh, face-to-face fine art and grief. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. Across America, there are quiet heroes changing lives every day. When disaster strikes, they lend support. They give hope to those in need, warmth to the cold, and help to those society ignores. Over the past decade, they have given more than $1.5 billion and 700 million hours to charity. When it comes to making a difference, the Knights of Columbus are on the front lines. Become a knight and be the difference. Learn more at kofc.org. Take Catholic Radio Indy's 40 Days of Lent Challenge. During Lent, listen to at least one hour of Catholic radio each day. If you're already a daily listener, add an hour each day or pick a different time to listen. Or if you really want to go all in, listen exclusively to Catholic Radio Indy from now until Easter. Spend 40 days with Catholic Radio Indy and see what a difference 100% Catholic programming 24-7 makes. Alexa, What's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. 
quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio. We're talking with our guest via phone, Ann Jones. She's founder and artist of Face-to-Face Fine Art. And I want to ask you, we talked in the first half how you lost um, several family members. How, how, how did you get through the grief? I'm curious because I'm sure we have people listening that have lost a loved one. How do you, how do you move on? Well, for me, I, I mean, I've come down to you can either run to God or you can run from him when something like this happens. And I had a good background with the Lord. I was not always Catholic. I was a fundamentalist for many years. I converted in the early 90s, and I was still Catholic when I had these losses, but I really started spending quality time with the Lord every day, and um, He never failed to show up. If you make time for Him, He makes time for you, and some of it is just sitting in silence. I, I listen to Matthew Kelly a lot, talks about, you know, just getting in a silent place with the Lord and starting out with 10 minutes. And I'm a, I'm a journaler. That's my therapy. Um, so I write down everything I'm thinking, and, you know, some of that is thanksgiving and praise, and some of it is pouring out my heart, and then I surrender it to him, and then I sit and listen to see what he has to say to me. Mm-hmm. And it's always a scripture or a song lyric or he speaks directly to my heart, and I write it down, and, um, and then I say other prayers and close out, but um, I try to do it every day. I ha- I, I'm on vacation right now, and I haven't been very good at it this week, but <laughs> well, he's I don't on... have my Adoration Chapel with me. so <laughs> He's on vacation right there with you, so, you know, when we're done here, you can, you can whip out the journal and uh, say, Lord, I know you're here somewhere, so <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> yep. chat. Uh, well... Did you go to any kind of, I know you mentioned the the therapy that you got in terms of the EMDR, or I'm not sure the initials for that, For um, but what about, did you go into any kind of grief share or grief grief group or any kind of I thing like to, that? Um, I went to a non-denominational grief group that had been around for about 25 years. It wasn't a religious program, but they did talk about, you know, grief and the different aspects of grief and what it was nice to know that you're not crazy mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of things you can't remember anything i forgot important uh, appointments i i have to put two alarms on my phone for every appointment that i have because mm-hmm. i i i just had grief brain mm-hmm. for a long time and you know, it, we would break into groups for different losses, like loss of a spouse or a suicide or a child, and um, I think it really helps people to have someone else who knows what it feels like. Everyone has a different grieving experience. No two people are alike, and there is no timeline, which I try to make clear to others, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had people that said, oh, you've you've lost someone, it's been a month, you should be okay, you know? It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's rough when, when other people are moving on and or expecting you to move on, or maybe you're expecting yourself to move on or 
maybe be making better progress or whatever that means and, and feeling better and you're not. And Right. My, my big thing I tell people is you just have to try to move forward, even an inch at a time. If you're moving forward, you're not stagnating and you're not getting stuck in complicated grief. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people do. I mean, I've been on Facebook pages that, you know, just are screaming their grief because they don't know how to move forward. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to get counseling or join a grief group um, that will mm-hmm. help you move forward. We're talking to Ann Jones with Face to Face Fine Art. And um, we were talking earlier in the program about the portraits that you make. They're one-of-a-kind, handmade portraits that family members or friends have made for uh, people who have died. And as you were saying all of that, I was kind of thinking myself, and probably some listeners were thinking, boy, that's really nice for rich folks that can afford something like that. That is the best aspect of this for me. Um, When I started thinking of how to do this nonprofit, the worst part of being an artist is having to charge and put an amount on your on your work, and this way I don't have to I don't have to charge people. So um, these are free to to the recipients. If down the road they want to donate to our organization, they are more than free to do that. Um, and we have several who are faithful donors over the years. Um, but yes, they are free to the recipients. And that's how we roll. <laughs> okay, and for somebody who uh, might want to make a donation to help keep uh, face-to-face fine art going, how, how does someone make a donation? We have a website. You can donate on the website if you want. It's face-to-facefineart.org with no spaces in between. Yeah, and it's... Um, or, go ahead. Or they can mail it directly to me or to my treasurer. My address is... 109 Kevin Drive in Zionsville, Indiana, 46077. And the face-to-face fine art is spelled out, face, T-O, face, fineart.org. And sometimes people get mixed up when they're trying to do something like that. Well, I'm curious, Jim had asked us earlier in the show, how do people come by, you said mostly word of mouth is how you find people or people find you what what exactly is the process if someone usually the recipient or a family member of the person that lost somebody uh, right t- t- can you talk can contact, about yeah go ahead talk about the process they can contact me through the website mm-hmm. or through my email which is face to face fine art at gmail.com and they can request one. They need to go to the website and download the application. You kind of have to click around to find it, but it's there. And fill out the application, and then they can take a picture of it on their phone mm-hmm. and text it to me or email it to me or message it to me. Um, and then I take it to my board of directors, and they have to vote on them according to several criteria. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's sudden, unexpected, or tragic... If it's uh, if we have the funding available, um, things like that, mm-hmm. and they take it all into account. Now, what size are the portraits? I, uh, I, mean, I when you say portrait, I kind of envision the old movies with a great big picture of 
grandpa or grandma above the fireplace or that sort of thing. But uh, what size are we talking about? Well, the originals are life-size. I work life-size, and they're usually just head and shoulders of one person. Um, I have had a couple people like a grandchild that never got to meet their grandfather, so the family paid to have the grandchild added to the one. But then, I, like I said, I take a picture of it, and I put it on a canvas, and it's either, I mean, it can be anywhere from 11 by 14 to an 18 by 24, I, I haven't gone bigger than that because most people just don't have sure. the room. And and they're on canvas that is wrapped so that you don't have to frame them, but you can if you want. So Now do you normally meet do you normally meet the person that was maybe closest to the person who died and do you talk to them or I'm just curious yeah. how that I, relationship I is, talk you know? To them. And actually, I have formed a lot of relationships with the people that I've worked with. I like to present them in person if I can. Mm -hmm. If I can't, we ship it to them, and I have them take a picture of them with the picture. You know, if I present it to them, we get all three of us in there. Now, you're in Indiana, or you live in Indiana. Uh, Do you do portraits for people beyond the Indianapolis area? I've done them all over the world. We did a pilgrimage in 2016, and delivered 18 portraits to the Holy Land to both Palestinians and Israelis. Wow. So. Wow, it's an international. We've got a couple minutes left here, and I'm curious, Anne, what's it been like um, for you to be used by God in this way to share and your art and help people to heal? It has been an honor and a privilege, and it's a very healing thing for me to do to help someone else. Like I said, I pray over these that God will anoint them, make them a source of joy and good memories, and we commemorate the lives of these people, and they they hang it on their wall, and generations that come that never knew them know these people by the portraits. And in terms of talking about them. And and for the the recipient of or I guess for the family that that's that's left behind, what kind of a I guess grieving help does it does it give them or healing help in receiving these portraits? Would you say based on what you've heard from you know feedback? Well, like I said, it it keeps their memory alive. It helps them to remember them. Some people have been you know in an accident, and they don't want to remember them the way they last saw them. So Mm -hmm. the portrait helps them to remember them in better days. Mm -hmm. Again, the website, one more time, Anne, for people who want to... Face-to-facefineart.org. That's it. Face-to-facefineart.org. Our guest today has been Anne Jones, founder and artist of Face-to-Face Fine Art. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how everyday people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. This program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. If you have suggestions for topics or guests for this program, contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317 870-8400.